Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Alex Avila with Love University, and we're back. I'm an author, psychologist, and speaker. Every week, we talk about how to love ourselves, others, and higher nature, how to improve our finances, career, relationships, and our spirituality. And this week, we have a very fascinating topic and a great guest. Our topic is everything you've always wanted to know about dating, sex, and romance, what your mama didn't tell you and your papa didn't know. <laughs> and we have Marnie Batista on the show, who has a master's degree in education. She's certified as a dating and relationship coach. She's an author, How to Find a Quality Guy Without Going on 200 Dates. She is a workshop facilitator, a trainer for relationships. She's also the founder of Dating with Dignity, an institute for living courageously. She also has a podcast, The Dating Den. And he has a very interesting story. She was married for 17 years. She got divorced, started dating again, and now she's happily married. And welcome to the show, Marnie. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. And I think you said your first husband was Italian, so that's why they call you Batista. Exactly. You know, it's actually kind of a juicy story. He Ah. found out that his bio dad was actually a business partner of his dad. Yes. So he's actually not even really Italian. Oh, okay. Well, (laughs) that's a good story. You can get you into Italian restaurants with that story, I guess. You can, definitely, for sure. (laughs) Excellent. Now, you have a very interesting kind of phraseology here. You call it the Institute for Living Courageously. You call it a transformational research-based company that brings love, one love in the world, one person at a time. And you talk about the fully expressed woman, how she can live an intimate, fulfilling life and also have self-worth to attract high intelligence, emotionally intelligent men and create intimacy through vulnerability, communication and problem solving. So tell us about that, that idea of living courageously. Well, you know, it's interesting. I started this business about 13-ish years ago. You know, I always say you you gotta, you teach what you needed to learn. And so I really wanted to help women have better luck, so to speak, Mm -hmm. choosing the right partner, dating successfully. And so as we kind of dove into like, how does that happen? And I created my process, I realized, you know, it requires self-worth, authenticity. It also requires a ton of courage. You have to make a lot of courageous moves, especially if you've been hurt before, which like, you know, 100% of humans have in some form. So what we really realized is that What we teach people to do is date with dignity. How you do that is through a series of daily actions that require that you live courageously. Interesting. So it kind of goes together, date with dignity and then uh, courageous living. When you talk about date with dignity, you use terms like the sexy alpha female. So I'm trying to think about, you know, nowadays there's the idea of the yin and yang, the masculine and feminine energies, right. as you know, Eastern philosophy. And how much of that should be in each person? Like some women have more of the yang and some women have more of the yin, the feminine or masculine energies. So what do you think is the ideal balance for this kind of thing? Should a woman be more yang, yin, or does it depend I, on the woman? I think we all, well, look, So I'm going to be really specific, right? If you are choosing as your identity is female, right? And that's your choice. Then, you know, there's some wiring inside of you that is authentically, organically, you're wired as a female. And so I think what happens for women, and it happens for men too, in their own sort of their own story. But for women, we learn really easily, quickly, right? Like the more sort of masculine, I'm using air quotes, traits that we have, we get we get the cookies, right? We get the validation, right? Yes. We we do well in school. We we are getting achievements. We're earning things. We are able to be effective and powerful leaders. And then when we are emotional, 
or more characteristically, you know, feminine, let's just say what someone would ascribe as feminine, we kind of learn it's not an asset. We learn it's a pain in the ass, right? We get told like big girls don't cry and put your big girl panties on. <laughs> and, you know, and, and so... And every time we, we put our heart out there, we just kind of get crushed. You know, there's no crying in baseball, right? Like yes. it's been all the media, right? So <laughs> and culture. So we just go, all right, forget, forget that part. I'm just going to be a, a dude wearing a skirt. Mm. And there's no polarity then, right? So what I really think is important for the women that are, are out there now is to really understand, like, we do have a lot of those quote-unquote masculine qualities. Like, of course we're badass. Of course we're leaders. Of course we set goals and achieve. I want them to also, like, excavate down and remember the part of them before they got their ass kicked, you know, for being emotional. One of my pet peeves is you're too sensitive like what does that even mean right so it's about finding the authentic blend in each and in each of us i see now you know, i wrote a book that became very popular called love types uh, myers-briggs mm -hmm. personality styles in love and relationships and you know there is uh what we call the thinking female and the feeling male the thinking female you know goes yep. more with their logic analysis and all that are you a thinking female would you say marnie or if, if i i am i mean oh. Okay, because I know you say words like kick ass, and, and you're very straightforward in your in your talk. I, I, yeah, no, I am. And what's in my own journey, right? Like yes. I built that wall up, right? Yes. I was like, okay. I'm I'm my client, you know. Okay. And so exactly. I had to really like find yes. that softer part of me, and right, I exactly. I think I work on that every single day. Yes, you might know Dr. Pat Allen, one of my friends yes. and colleagues. She does a lot of work with the whole masculine, feminine energy yep. stuff. And the other thing is, you also said that there's a pick me energy. That is that like pick me as in desperate energy that some women have when it comes to men? Yeah, right. It's like, and I think it's this, you know, going out into the dating world with a lens that says, "I hope he picks me. I yep. hope he ah. chooses me." Right. And you can reverse engineer that when you look at the questions women will ask their friends. Right. Like, right. I wonder, you know, what did I do wrong that he didn't ask me out on a second date? You yes. know, or um, why is he not calling me? Or why is he right. not asking me out? Yes. And I think, you know, you can tie that back to, you know, why didn't we get picked or chosen yes. when we were younger? I did an exercise once in my early stages of my own work. And the, the short version of it is we had to stand there and someone was standing in front of us and their back was turned to us. Right. And we had to say, please, please, please. Like yes. it, it brought up all that stuff, right? Of <laughs> like being a child, right? And asking right. for getting love and attention yeah, exactly. and you know your mom is working you know <laughs> she's like supporting you she's a single mom your dad is unavailable like whatever it is right. and i think women get in we get in those neural pathways that are like right. do you remember me, back in the, you remember back yeah. in the high school dances where you're just standing there and, oh are they gonna ask you to dance kind of stuff and it's you, it's hell i was you, totally you that remember girl. that were you shy or introvert marnie as a kid or were you i uh, wasn't like introverted i was always sort of had an outgoing personality. I love right. that you talk about personality. Yes. But I think that what happened was that my dad and my brother were bigger personalities. Oh, okay. And so, so they I, overwhelmed you a little bit sometimes. Totally. I was like, eh, I'm not going to compete. <laughs> and so I just decided I to see. kind of be small. And so I then, see. of course, when I went into relationships, I yes. took on that be right. small role. So that was really beautiful when I, I, I always say, like, if I wouldn't have gone through the journey that I went on, I probably yeah. would have never started my business and, yes. and been able to do what I'm supposed to do because right. I was just happy hiding kind of behind my husband mm -hmm. in the first marriage. I see what you're saying. And uh, you said you, you were not compatible with your first husband. You guys didn't work out together. 
Well, I mean, yeah, he, we, it's interesting. And I, I find this a lot when I do this work with people. Yes. Like when I was, t- I told you before I got married, I was 22. So I met yes. him when I was like 19. Right. I wasn't really like being a discerning dater. I basically right. was like, oh, we slept together and he called me the next uh, day. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, shit, they never call. <laughs> <laughs> he called, he asked me out again. Okay. You know, I don't like him. I so see. I wasn't really super discerning in those, in uh, those parts of my life. I was right. just like, oh, he picked me. Yes. Right. So therefore I'm in and, and it's funny cause we have three kids together. So now oh, we're wow. co-parenting yeah. and they're older, but mm. it's amazing to see that we just didn't and still don't have a lot of the same values. So right, right. while we're exactly. totally can be friendly and right. acquaintances and yes. all those things, like we would never, we still would never be good partners yes. because we have different values. Right. So love types didn't match. And you know, I talk about the dating masquerade where you people put on masks to impress each other and then the mask comes off and then you know, often you find you're incompatible and the relationship breaks up. Now, one thing that you mentioned here that's very interesting is dating during the times of virus. Yes. And how people are now secluded, lonely, uh, you know, fearful in many ways. So you give some interesting tips. You talk about finding your feminine center. Things like exercise, like loving kindness meditation, which is you know Eastern philosophy uh, approach, where you extend loving energy to yourself and then other people in the world. Uh, you talk about the gratitude, you know, gratitude journals. We know can decrease depression and anxiety, and so that's very powerful. And then you also talk about extending your social circle, and finally treating your love life like a career, putting it, I guess, in a practical way. But also at the same time, you say give up the fight. So almost like to the, maybe a higher power or higher nature or something where you don't struggle as much. So tell me how those things work in terms of this kind of thing. Well, that's a, a lot of stuff. So <laughs> I'll just go with the last thing you said. Give yes. up the fight. Give up the fight. Um, okay. I think, you know, so if you follow the through line of like, like pick me, right? And yes. then nobody picks you. What do right. you learn how to do? You, you learn how to fight for what you want. <laughs> You're like, no one's picking me. I'm going to, I'm going to fight for it. And what happens is you sort of, I like to call them boxing gloves in dating, right? Which is you are alternating between pick me and putting your boxing gloves on and trying to bob and weave so you don't get hurt. And then every once in a while you throw a little jab, right? Like a little bit of like leaking, you know, uh, some sarcasm or some trying to outcompete or some of those things. And so What happens is it feels like, and I'm sure anyone who's dated uh, can relate to this idea that dating can be exhausting. It feels like a lot of freaking work, right? Like you have to just like pick yourself up and and you keep fighting for what you want. And so what happens is when you go out on a date, even before you go out on the date, you're getting dressed and you're like, and I used to be like this, you're like, this freaking guy better be what he looks like in his photos because I am putting on a dress for you right now. I am putting on makeup for you right now. I could be like watching Netflix. And so you start to get into this like, uh, you know, like this better be like, I hope. And then there's that part of you that goes, and I hope he likes me and I hope he picks me. He sounded Mm -hmm. so exciting on the phone. So what happens? You show up on the date and all of this inner Uh, dialogue is going on and you're just not very present. You're not very open. You're guarded. Um, You want to make sure you don't want to get hurt, but you're also kind of metaphorically having your arms crossed going, are you going to be a jerk like the rest of them? Mm -hmm. And so what I really love for the listeners to think about is like, how could I show up with my heart open with my emotional strength and safety intact so that I am able to really 
bring my most authentic self and really be curious about the human that is sitting across from me, whether it's a match or not, to let go of that attachment to like, is he the one, is he the one? And just be present and see what unfolds. Because if you're on a date and you're not having fun, it's probably not gonna go well. Yeah, so Marty, you're saying, so give up the fight means give up your hard expectations or kind of like, you want things to have to have to be a certain way. So kind of like be in the moment and let it flow as it flows, which is uh, kind of an Eastern approach to things. But you also say at the same time, treat your love life like a career, which sounds more of a directional, kind of like planning, goal-oriented kind of thing. So is this a paradox? How, how, do, how do we resolve that paradox? Yeah, well, I mean, look, it is a paradox. Because when I say treat it like your career, yes. people have no problem going into their career thinking, all right, I want to have this, so what do I what do I need to learn to do it, right? What what are the skills I yes. need to learn? What's the mindset I need right. to have? I'm committed. Like people will ask me when I talk to them about uh, working with me, and yes. they'll be like, uh, and maybe you get this too, you know? Like, well, how long is this going to take? Like, mm-hmm. how many hours? And I right. say, what was your career? And they're like, oh, I'm a lawyer, and I've always wanted to be a lawyer. I'm like, so before you sat down to, to study for the bar or do pre law. Did you, did you say how much, to, is this going to take a lot of work? Cause if it's not going to, if it's too much, I'm not going to do right, it. No, right, you were right. like, I'm meant to be a lawyer. I can't wait to be a lawyer yes. and you do it. And by the way, who goes to a job and says to your boss, I'm going to do a great job, but how much work is it going to be? <laughs> right? Exactly. Nobody. Yeah. Well, in mental health, uh, when we get clients, we, we give them exercises and I said, Oh, I didn't have time for it. I said, well, did you have time to wash your hands this week? Yeah. I washed it every day, you know, three times a day. Uh, or whatever it is, and it's what's more important, washing your hand or or uh, or working on your mind. Well, uh, yeah, well, probably right now both. Well, both, yeah. COVID, but, but but yeah, no, I think that's really interesting, and so that's what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. I want to give people permission yes. to work on their ability to create connection and intimacy and have healthy relationships, like they would their career. Because the truth is, just like you weren't born learning how to be a lawyer, no one showed you every day, no one was teaching you about that. You didn't learn the technical skills. Most of us didn't have an upbringing where like, here's a healthy relationship. Let me model problem solving. Let me model negotiation. (laughs) We didn't have it. Yet there's so much shame around like, I can't Mm. believe I have to work on my love life. Right, yeah, working on, uh, you know, you work on your body, you work on your career, but working on your love life, a lot of people don't do that. And that's a very important part of their life. And the other thing you talk about is to extend your social circle. And, you know, we know there's a lot of research on uh, socialization as um, helping people deal with uh, depression, anxiety, even health issues can come up if you're isolated or lonely. Yeah, how do people do that, uh, Marnie? Because, you know, people, uh, you know, they could do a Zoom or online kind of thing. But uh, with our current situation, how do people extend their social circle in these days? Well, what's really great is this. Um, Match.com reported a 700% increase in usage oh. since the pandemic started. Okay. Uh-huh. 700%. Okay. That's, a, that's yeah. a lot of new people who are saying, I never want to go through anything <laughs> like this again okay. alone. Yeah. Uh, 59% of the people um, on the apps are saying that they're now looking for a committed relationship. Oh, okay. Right. Meaning the hookup sort of thing isn't happening just yet again. And so if you look at if you're in data and you like to look at what are my odds, right, Um, there are really easy ways using the technology that we have to create connections. 
So number one would be use the apps, use the online dating platforms. Right. There are more people on it than ever looking for something serious. So that's number right. one. And number two, I mean, we have all become more adept at using technology to engage socially. And so if you love films, go online and find a film discussion, virtual presentation, go to a cooking class, go to a uh, discussion, like get engaged, put time in your calendar for your virtual social life. Because once you make a connection, we're in a place now where you can go out for a social distance walk. Um, you know, by the time this airs, we don't know what it's going to be like, but right. in some states, it's even easier than others. So yes. there are ways now to safely take it to the next step. And yeah. I do think even when the pandemic is history, that people are going to stay using technology for those first meet and greets because people are realizing that the coffee date uh, is a lot of work if it's not a match. So <laughs> using a 10 minute conversation on FaceTime, WhatsApp, Sky uh, yeah, Skype, right? super easy. Yeah, and I think in some ways we're becoming a more introvert society uh, you know, with the situation, also with the technology that we have. So we're able to do things more uh, basic convenience and uh, flexibility. Now, a couple of things that you talk about also in the dating during the virus times is uh, give yourself permission to be sad. So to, you know, maybe you're feeling lonely and, and uh, realize that, but not necessarily dwell on the sadness because some people can overdo that and kind of get mired, you know, and just in feeling sad, but you want to be open to that, the feeling. And also you talk about uh, be open to changing your perspective. For example, let's say you used to work out a lot and now you can't go to the gym, but maybe you can still exercise, but there are more important things as well, like say uh, your family, your loved ones that you can spend time with. So tell us about that. How do people, you know, deal better with the virus uh, during these times in the, in the relationship area? Yeah, well, I mean, look, like we're all feeling all sorts of feels. Um, you know, it's it's been very traumatic. Even those who are in the duality of amazing things have happened as right. a result of what we've learned. And so one of the great things you can say to yourself when you are feeling immense feelings that are overwhelming is to say, it makes perfect sense that I feel because, right? Yes. And really give your brain a chance to explain to the heart part of you, the emotional part of you, to remind you why it makes perfect sense. And a great example is, you know, maybe you met someone virtually and you were like, oh my gosh, finally, you know, it was so easy. And then maybe he's not a match or he doesn't call back and you feel really sad and it's easy to go, oh my gosh, I'm never going to meet anyone that took so much time. It was so challenging or whatever it is to just say, you know, like it makes perfect sense that I'm super disappointed. I, I haven't really been connected with anyone in at least a year for some of the listeners <laughs> longer. Um, I have, there's a, a technical term they've called skin hunger, right? Oh. Like I literally haven't <laughs> hugged anyone in a long time. Wow. It makes perfect sense. I'm super sad about this. Yes. Give yourself some self-compassion yes. and some self-understanding um, and allow yourself set, you know, say, I'm going to just feel sorry for myself. Maybe I'm going to have some ice cream. Maybe I'm going to have a glass <laughs> of wine. Just give yourself some permission to feel sad. 
I yes. think when you beat yourself up for your feelings, you're right. extending the pain. That makes a lot of sense. And the idea of, I think you mentioned loving kindness, meditation, you know, loving yourself and others. And, you know, we talk about it here, love university and also a higher nature, maybe a spiritual path, a meditative path. Exactly. You know, and so, I think if someone does that, that's like extra credit. I love it. Yeah, very nice. So you're, you're a professor at heart, huh? You just said extra credit. So that perks <laughs> up, everyone's ears are perked up here. <laughs> I, I am. I'm a, I, I've always you, uh, you, been a teacher. I was yes. a teacher professionally. Yep, extra exactly. credit. I see. Um, where did you teach at? Were you at the college or the high school? No, no. I taught uh, I taught developmental kindergarten. So oh, I love okay. Yeah, I taught, taught little kids. L little kids. Okay. So you have yeah, a, although, yeah. <laughs> although I love that. One time, one of my my, uh, my teachers said to uh, my brother, we have the same teacher, uh, and said, you want extra credit? You haven't even done the regular credit. So <laughs> I would say like, you there know, you like, Yes. The extra credit is, you know, doing that, like meditating for 20 minutes a there day. Do the regular credit. Yes. Just wake up and exactly. like have a minute of meditation, you know, okay. just take exactly. a walk and right. practice self-forgiveness right. for 20 seconds. Right. You know, uh, you're you're my producer here. Uh, you got a habit hamburger. Now, now what is that about? Are you, are you trying to are you trying to cut down on your, on your food? A habit hamburger? Uh, yeah, it's called a habit. It's some kind of hamburger joint. Uh, Reggie just picked up the hamburger. Oh, there's a place in L.A. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, I don't know if that's healthy for you to eat hamburgers. But should you have a hamburger once in a while? Sure. You can have a hamburger. Okay, I you're, like, you're okay, I, Reggie, if so. I'm going to splurge, I'm going to go to In-N-Out Burger myself. Oh, okay. But, uh, whatever whatever exactly. it is. Our new advertisers, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Marty, you know, here's a thing that runs a lot through your, your programs is the idea of uh, helping women find a quality guy. Now you call it emotionally available and other other things. Now I wrote a book, uh, Guy Types, that actually uh, takes off from the Love Types, Myers Briggs, where we have you know different personalities. You have a meaning seeker guy, the psychology kind of spiritual guy. You have the the uh, security seeker, the family oriented guy, the excitement seeker, the the outdoors fun loving guy. So I'm kind of trying to figure out in your mind if you can paint me a picture of that ideal guy, because you know John Gray talks about the the sensitive male versus the so called masculine male. And with another guy on the show, he talked about the guy's guy. Remember that, Reggie, the guy from New York? Uh, you know, respectful to women, but also confident and sexy. So what, what is the uh, right guy, you think, or the, the, uh, the quality guy? Well, I mean, I think that everyone has their own right guy. Yeah. I think a quality guy is a quality relationship guy. I think uh -huh. everyone is a quality human. I yes. think what we're looking for is someone who has the qualities that are going to set him up to be in the right space in his life to be in a long-term committed relationship mm. so that would be like most people are looking for integrity yes. words and actions matching yes. um communication i always say like a quality guy will communicate even when it's bad news mm. so that might look like um Hey Jane, you know, I'm really enjoying getting to know you, but I have to tell you, I started uh, dating someone else a few weeks before I met you, but I, I didn't want to miss out on you. But what I've decided is to, you know, continue to see Sarah. Um, and I, I just wanted to be honest and I appreciate you and, and, and I wanted to just be direct. I love that women are like, Oh, it sucks. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> but you dated a guy who had like the, the maturity and yes. the integrity to communicate. So I say a, a right. quality guy communicates okay. even when it's bad news. That makes sense. So courageous, I think you said before, right? Someone that can speak their mind, even if it might hurt feelings or might be difficult to say. 
But exactly. If, if and, right, and the other thing yeah. I want to say is a quality. So some people will say a quality guy, um, you know, has to be a certain height or make right. a certain amount of money yeah, or wear a certain. And I just say BS. That everyone <laughs> that is probably not the things that necessarily yes. are going to make your relationship. So yes. really get clear for you, like what makes right. a quality guy True. your guy for the long term. Actually, like exactly. Now you say you live. Uh, I guess you know we're both in the LA, Southern California area, and sometimes people are. They say they're more superficial in certain areas where they judge based on, like you said, looks and status. You think is that universal, or you think that just depends on the people? I mean, I think it, it depends on um, it depends on w who you are seeing. You know, like if you're yes. shopping for cars and you're looking right. at, you know, Mercedes, suddenly you see Mercedes everywhere, right? Like, right, exactly. so I think it's like what you believe is what you're going to start to collect evidence. Ah. You have an unconscious okay. uh, negative bias, yes. most of us. Right. Um, and also, which is really interesting. I have women who live in Manhattan who will tell me like, oh my God, this is the <laughs> worst. It's so big, everyone. Yeah. And then I have someone from like Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. She's like, no, like, this is the worst place to date. <laughs> like everyone here is a farmer. Like yes. nobody here, blah, okay. blah, blah. Um, and that happens whether they live in uh -huh. Tokyo right. or Prague or Manhattan or, uh, you okay. know, the middle of nowhere. If yes. you think it's the worst place, it will be for uh, you. That's a, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a great lead into. The uh, other big uh, idea of you talk about limiting beliefs or emotional blind spots. And I think uh, you even have an assessment that looks at negative self-talk and how that affects, you'll say, women's choices and, and what they look for. For example, the idea that, you know, that all the good ones are taken, uh, the mm -hmm. that phrase, or, you know, all the spiritual or, or, you know, quality men are taken. Or there are none where I live. They're not here. Uh, or I don't trust men. They only want sex. Or they're yeah, that's or, a popular or, one. Yes, or they're intimidated by me. I'm successful and a woman who's got it going, but they're intimidated by me. So what do you think of those kind of things? So women that have this negative self-talk that limits them, how do you help them with that? Well, first of all, the, the most important thing to understand is that to become aware of those beliefs that are self-limiting. I yes. use the little acronym BILLS, beliefs inappropriate that limit your lifestyle. Oh, okay. Because ultimately, it is limiting the lifestyle that you want to have. And yes. so, first of all, just being aware of the difference between truth and what is true, right? So if your yes. truth is that men are intimidated by me because yes. that's the narrative that you have chosen and right. you have a, sh a ton of, of evidence. You say, Marnie, look, no, I, I promise it's true. Look at all the evidence. Yes. Um, I would say, is that your truth or is it really true? Because unless you give me access to those 27 men, and I interview them and every single person says, the reason I didn't go out with Shelly again is because she's intimidating. That is not true. <laughs> it's just your story. So I yes. want ladies to start to look at the rules that the, and the paradigms yes. and the truths that they have about dating and love yes. and relationship and men. Yes. Um, and just start to say, is that, is that the truth? Or is that just my truth? Like, what's yeah. really going on? Because I'm sure you don't like it when people say all men are, right? Because you could give me a million examples of <laughs> men that aren't. Yeah, well, actually, we had a great um, UCI cognitive scientist, Donald Hoffman, on our show. Dr. Donald Hoffman, he works a lot with Deepak Chopra. And his whole concept is that there is no real reality. It's really based on perce our perceptions. You, one person sees yeah. a moon, and the other person sees a, another, a, another moon. Even though it's the same moon, 
in some ways, they perceive it differently. So that's a, a very powerful idea. And uh, one of the things you talk about is um, women tend to fall into the I'm in my cozy, comfy condo. Yes. Which in L.A. can be kind of expensive, actually, if you, even if you think of condos, right? <laughs> That's funny. Well, cozy condos are universal, and they're all—they're they, not just in L.A. Yeah, I know. But the thing is, that, like, staying home, I guess, either drinking wine, watching Netflix. Oh, I'm cozy. I don't want to have to go out and meet people. And uh, so you talk about challenging those beliefs, you know, that, that one plus the other ones you mentioned. And you ask, for example, what will it cost me to do this? I guess you never meet anyone, right, if you, if you don't go anywhere. Uh, and also, what, what am I gaining from being in the cozy comfort condo? So people actually yeah. don't realize that they're gaining something. They're gaining a sense of, I guess, false security, right? They don't, they don't have to risk themselves. Well, I mean, there's everything from like, when I ask people, you know, what is your cozy condo? What do you get from me? And by yes. the way, it doesn't, you can be in a house, you can be in an apartment. Uh, it doesn't yeah. have to be a, a condo. But um, right. uh, a lot of women will say things from like, I don't have to share the remote. Uh, um, yes. I don't have to arrange or, 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 or my schedule. The dog, right? I can get my own dog or cat. Yeah, or I can get my own dog. <laughs> I can travel. I don't have to ask permission. Yeah. Right. I don't. I yes. mean, there's everything from that to like, you know, I had someone who was like, I don't like to have to hear uh, like there's like some chewing thing, like oh, chewing, yeah. chewing. Right. I have mess up, whatever. It's chewing. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, wait, what? She yeah. was like, yeah, I mean, like, honestly, yeah. like I love just literally being controlled. There's nothing that annoys right. me in my house, in my condo, yeah. right? And so- The toilet seat uh, up and toilet seat down, for example. Yeah, exactly. And so one of the things to really look at is there's you know the unconscious gain mm -hmm. of staying the same. And what's really interesting is that even though our adult self, like our, our smart adult self wants a relationship, um, the unmet childhood needs that are those woundings and those insecurities, those are going to always drive and supersede your adult wants. So if you don't really resolve those things, right, if you don't keep, if you don't learn how to not attract the wrong for you guys, if you don't learn how to create emotional safety, if you don't how to learn how to set boundaries and, and say no and, and get your needs met, then it doesn't matter what you want and how smart you are. There's just like a set point. It's like your thermometer or a, or a temperature, right? And it right. will never exceed it. So it's really, really important that you understand you can want it, but willpower alone isn't going to solve the problem if you have some challenges that are deeper. Yes, definitely. And, you know, we had the, the Hendrix, Harville Hendrix and wife on the show. Uh, they may have, you may have heard about them. They did, they did yeah. getting the love you want. So their theory is imagotherapy. Uh, basically that we pick certain images from our parents uh, and our new mates. And usually we pick someone that re reminds us of the, the parent we had the most difficulty with and we try to work it out with that person. Yeah. So, yep. so if they're, if they're very cold and critical, our parent, we might pick a cold and critical partner unconsciously and then try to resolve it through them. So that can be a very uh, difficult pattern to uh, break. And uh, But you also talk about how to, what would happen if I let go of the belief? You know, how can I live differently? So, you know, idea that I, I can find love, I can find the right person, and I deserve love. So these are important things, too. How do people break these old patterns and start the new new beliefs? Well, so the, what's really critical to understand is that the way the brain is wired, which I'm sure you know and have interviewed a ton of people, like, t 
talking about it or having an awareness of where it comes from doesn't change the wiring. Mm -hmm. So for a lot of people that have gone to therapy and they've read amazing books, they've highlighted it and they've underlined it and they're like, oh, I totally understand. Um, (laughs) Education and information doesn't equal transformation. So in order to rewire the brain, there has to be a very much holistic approach to changing your beliefs. So yes, cognitive, uh, also like that emotional piece, right? So you have to go back and for lack of a better word, reparent the emotional version of you that didn't get their needs met through very precise processes, strategies, techniques that will actually deal with that emotional piece. There also needs to be a somatic or a physical piece that really helps change and rewire neural pathways. So what we know is that when we put someone through our process and there's cognitive, there's emotional, there's somatic. And then lastly, there's some sort of divine, spiritual, authentic, right? right? Like understanding of uh, the the unique gift that we have in our authentic self. When we put all those four pieces together and then we reinforce them consistently, consistently with mindfulness practices and all of the different ways that we create new neural pathways. That's how you actually change. That's real transformation. Definitely, yeah. I read a book called Invincible You and I talk about, you know, Western positive psychology. Uh, Of course, you know, uh, Milgram and Zimbardo, they talk about, you know, gratitude, optimism, uh, and patience, these are important factors. And also the East, uh, we look at things like, uh, you know, the Tai Chi, uh, Aikido, and some of the Eastern martial arts and, and philosophies to help people kind of integrate. You know, integration is very important, like you said, mind, body, and soul. And uh, then we get to another part of your program that's, I think very interesting, is you say you have a handsome, insightful panel of men who tell women about men. And some of the questions are, why do guys disappear? The one thing that make men fall in love and how to distinguish the good guys from the bad guys. Tell us a little bit about those things and how do these guys help you, these men that are on your, on your panel? Well, I, I just think, you know, when I tell someone this is what men think or this is yes. how men experience women right. or whatever it is, like they don't want to date a dude in a skirt. They're like, ha ha ha, yeah, you're <laughs> right. Uh, but when they hear a guy mm. uh, give his experience um, right. and it's like they're for some reason like their brains get blown open they're like what okay, um right. and what i found really interesting i had an mm-hmm. event in january mm-hmm. and i had it was a virtual event yes and i had these men that came on the panel in the right. evening and these women like they were like at the beginning mm-hmm. of like oh my god self-love i yes. deserve more sure. like Really into that, right? Then we get the man panel on, and it's as if they've forgotten everything they learned in the Uh-oh. last 24 hours. And they're like, wait, how do I get a guy to call me? Wait, <laughs> like, this guy, like, yes. for three years, okay. but he never really wants to come see. And I was like, oh, okay. ladies, I'm like, do you understand? Like, okay. these guys are just guys. They don't have all the answers. And it's just sure. so easy to forget yes. about self-love and boundaries and I am worth it. Because the minute a hot yes. guy... right comes in front of you, you're mm. like, never mind that. Like, if there is there a secret formula? <laughs> uh, and so I think what's great is that yeah. when we have these man panels, um, yes. it's just a great mirror also for how you yes. react. Definitely. And um, 
And it's mind blowing. And I think it's super insightful. And the same questions get asked every single time. Okay. Well, maybe I'll come on one of your panels. I'll do the laptop for you guys. Sure. Sure. Help me with that part of it. Uh, Now, I do want to switch things a little bit here. Reggie, my producer, is a nice guy. He's very shy, actually. He's never actually really had a relationship. And I often have people come on to try to help him with that. Maybe we can give him some advice. So, Reggie, say hi to Marnie, by the way. Hi, Reggie. Hello, Marnie. Now, Reggie's uh, in his late... <laughs> put Reggie on the spot. Uh, well, we actually have a bet where I, I would pay for his date if he can find a gal to go out with him $100. And he hasn't been able to do it in the last three years. But oh but, but he's come Reggie. close. I think last time, Reggie, what happened last time? We did it, yeah. We made it the third date. We went on the date with $100, but she just um, didn't feel like taking it to the next level, making it boyfriend-girlfriend, you know? Yeah, so Reggie is always in the friend zone, Marnie. He, like, he, he's with these ladies who may have a boyfriend or not, and then he tries to be romantic, and then at the end... They're not. So what's your advice to Reggie in this case? Well, Reggie, like what's the pattern that you you get in? Like when you go on these dates, are you being yourself? Are you feeling like you're being open and vulnerable? Or are you really nervous? Well, I used to definitely be nervous, like initially first getting into dating. But now like, like these last few months, I feel like I've been myself. I've been open. And even my... The girl I was seeing, she kind of like acknowledged that she was just kind of like, yeah, you, there's nothing wrong with you. It's just, um, yeah, nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm not feeling well, a relationship right now. N- n- let me ask right. you, Marnie. Well, uh, they all, uh, say, uh, they uh, all uh, say that, right? Marnie, the, the, you know, you, you told a woman that they may be giving off unconscious vibes, the pick me vibe. So I'm wondering if Reggie does that too. Because Reggie often asks the ladies, you know, how, how am I doing or something? Or what was that uh, yesterday? Don't Reggie? do that. So Reggie, I yeah. think even though you're feeling more confident, yes, he's, he's you better. have you have this history, right? And the doctor is like reinforcing it even. Like you have you you have bad luck with women, your friend zone guy. Yes. And so when you go in and that's your identity, mm. right? It's really hard to to change. And and I bet you have your own comfy cozy condo, right? Like mm. what is the unconscious gain of staying is the guy who never gets far with women. That's a good point. So you, you eat Habit Burger and you watch some show or something, right? Tell us about that, Richard. Like, what do I do? Like, for. Yeah, what's your cozy comfort conduct? No, I mean, like, what do you. Yeah, like, what. Like, what. Because you stay single, what's the gain that you have from that? Like, what's the benefit of being single? Benefit of being single? Yeah. Um, well, I can focus on work, you know, writing, reading, stuff like that, advance, developing myself, working out and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, I have time to myself. Mm. You have time to yourself. What about, like, you're getting. Like, you're emotionally safe, right? Like, you don't have to. If you really don't put yourself out there and be that guy who is a relationship guy, you also don't, you never have to get hurt because you're just like, oh, I'm the guy who never has a relationship. So you never have to get hurt emotionally. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Wow. Powerful. So, uh, Reggie, what do you think? She's giving me some powerful advice. Yeah, no, that's, um, yeah, it's great advice. Yeah. I mean, good way of approaching it, you know, not internalize all these, um, negative self conceptions. Uh, So how how does he break through Mario to give him like a tip right now? He can apply as soon as he gets home to break this pattern. Like you said, well, I think the number one thing to do is to really look at, um, I love this exercise. Um, <laughs> and it's right out where are the places in your life where you feel like you shine, where you're totally feeling like wow. confident Reggie, like okay. you're amazing. You're in your zone of genius yes. and you feel really comfortable. And then where are the mm. places that you're hiding? And one of them we know is dating. Um, mm. And then I would like look at, you know, what would it look like if you just imagine showing up on a date 
with the same confidence and energy as that moment that you're engaged in something that you feel really good at. And when you imagine it, I bet you'll feel all sort of something in your body and it might be exciting, but it also might be terrifying. And if something feels all kind of stuff inside, you know that you're onto something and you probably need to do some work on that. That's very powerful. So the zone of genius, Rajit. So what area or what activity makes you feel like a genius? Right activity? Wow. Um, well, definitely right now writing, I get a lot of time to write. I feel like mm -hmm. once I write something I'm really proud of, I feel accomplished. Okay, writing. Yeah. How about when you do the podcast, when you do the show? Oh, well, yeah. Once um, we edit it and everything, have it up, it's like, wow, like I, I made this, you know, I'm listening back to it. Okay, sure. So, so Brian, he's a creative kind of dude. You know, he really gets a lot of power from quiet creativity. But he's not going to meet a woman doing that, though. I mean, well, be, no, but here's the thing. And yeah. Reggie, I'm a writer, too. So I totally get this. So I have this moment and I started with this where I sit before I sit down to write and I like look at the and for me, like usually I don't really have writer's block. I kind of get excited about it. It's this feeling of joy, that creation, right? Like I'm in a moment or maybe when you're editing and you're just like time flies and you don't even realize that hours have passed because you're so excited. The feeling state of being in the joy, of being in that place where time is flying, what would it be like if you showed up on the date with that same feeling? Hmm. I think it would be very um, uh, exciting for both of us, you know? I think we'd both feel very, um, uh, like she'd pick up our energy, you know, and um, hmm. kind of feeding back to each other, you know? Like um, picking up on the good vibes, so to speak. Wow. Well, right, yeah, so and also, Reggie, then you wouldn't be in your head about, like, is she going to pick me? Am uh, I going to then? You wouldn't be in that story of, like, I'm Reggie, the guy who. And mm. instead, you'd be like, I'm Reggie, this mm. creative, mm. amazing, smart guy. Because I bet when you get to that place, you're, like, the, everyone's ideal man, right? Mm. You're, like, creative, you're emotional, you're wow. smart. And so it's going to be up to you to, like, really extend those times that are creative alone times into times with other people. Mm. And the more that you practice that and build that muscle, the more irresistible you're going to be. You're going to mm. feel wow. like it's fun. Yeah. And then magic will happen. Wow. You know, Reggie's bushing a little bit with that. Yeah. Uh, so, so Reggie, <laughs> you got to go and be the great American writer. You know, grow that beer and get a pipe or something. And write some no, rom write, write, write romance novels. So. <laughs> Uh, awesome. Well, thanks, Brian. That was a great advice, and we really appreciate you being on the show. You know, you're very quick-witted. You know, you're very intelligent, and I think you really care about people. Uh, now, you do work all with women. You don't work with men at all? Is that your... Uh, I don't really work with men that much uh, anymore. I did at the beginning. I loved uh, working with men because they're yes. so coachable. They're, yes. they're just like, they just follow directions. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but mostly now we do work with women. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess you're helping both, right? Because you help women, you help men, and vice versa. Because you're really 100%. teaching that. I cannot tell you how many men yes. that are partnered up with my ladies were like, <laughs> I don't know what you did, but thank you for yeah. making it so that I could find Fantastic. her. Fantastic. So, Marty, where, where do we learn more about you? Are you working on some books and coaching? What is it? Tell us a little bit about what you do. Uh, so people can go to datingwithdignity.com and there are a host of amazing blogs there, especially yes. if you're looking at like, how the heck do I date during the pandemic? Yes. Uh, we have our podcast, The Dating Den is there and it's a great place to be if you want to date with dignity. Fantastic. So say it one more time. Tell us your website again. Datingwithdignity.com. Datingwithdignity.com. Fantastic. Marty, I'd love to you know, collaborate with you. And I know we're in the same area, but we can do joint seminars or something in the future. Would and, love to meet you. We'll have and, to go have a burger. Uh, yeah, let's can, have a burger together. Reggie, we'll, and, we'll uh, go out. 
<laughs> Reggie's new girlfriend. Oh, and nice. we'll have a wow. Burger. So, Marty, this will be our first Love University success story with you, right? Uh, with Reggie. Yeah, exactly, uh, with uh, Reggie. So, so, so it'll be like a great record that we could have. <laughs> it's been wonderful having you. Now, if you want to learn more about Marnie and also about the show today, also be on the show. You can reach us at 310-226-8090. Visit us at loveuniversity.love. Write to us at loveuniversitylove at gmail.com. So again, Martin, I think your message is really wonderful that, you know, love yourself, you know, take care of yourself, respect yourself, and then reach out to other people, extend your loving energy to others, and really connect with people at a deep level. I think we're talking about deeper connections now. Yeah, uh, Intimacy, commitment, long-term love. And that really is what makes the world happy. You know, it makes the world go around to have that real love to last. Not a lifetime. Some people even believe it lasts beyond a lifetime if you have a spiritual side of you. And that's a beautiful thing. So, Marnie, again, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you and, so much. And uh, we'd love to have fun. you on again. So this is Dr. Oh, Avila. Awesome. And any, any last words of advice before you go, Marnie? No, just tell, I can't wait to hear how Reggie fares outside. Wow, his look at that. She is a, definitely a coach, huh, Reggie? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Until next time, this is Dr. Alex Avila with Love University. So that was a wonderful interview we had with Marnie Batista, a dating and relationship expert. And she's helping women and also men find that right love. And first of all, love yourself, your self-esteem, your confidence, and who you really are. And also reach out to other people in a positive way. Men, in this case, and also women, if you're a man, in a loving, positive energy way. So if you want to hear more about Love University, we have a great, lot of great things going on, opportunities and experiences and events. You can visit us at loveuniversity.love. You can like us on Facebook at Love University Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Love Letter U Podcast. You can subscribe to us on Podbean, Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. And of course, if you have any questions, email us at loveuniversitylove at gmail.com. So until next time, this is Dr. Alex Avila with Love University. Put away your notebooks, your iPads, your phones, and go out this week and have a loving university week. 